0: Whether it's the international best-selling author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, or the co-founder of Match.com, or the host of the MSNBC show, Your Business, they all have one thing in common. They are some of the many guests that want you to reach the finish line. Your host is Callan Diggs. Welcome And welcome. Today, I am delighted to have back on Ian Freeman. I had Ian on episode 67. Um, if you haven't tuned into that episode, uh, Ian Freeman is the s- syndicated radio show host of Free Talk Live. It's a, a libertarian talk radio show that can be heard in over uh, 160 stations. Uh, you know, Ian really has reached the finish line in his own way. He has been doing great things and uh, standing and supporting the ideas of liberty. And typically, we talk about various things like uh, entrepreneurship, uh, we talk, about things like what it means to reach the finish line. Um, But Ian has done uh, uh, that as well as more, uh, really to uh, bring more freedom in people's lives. And I'm happy to have him back on. Ian, welcome. Hey, Callan. Great to be back. It It is. It's great to have you. The last time that uh i interviewed you was probably it was actually it was last year and uh that time uh we were talking kind of a little bit about kind of how you got started in radio i really really want to kind of go back in time and to see really to share with the listeners how you have reached the finish line because you're doing great things uh you're a syndicated uh radio show host you're on 160 uh, stations. Uh, if um people in people in northern new england may be a bit more familiar with you especially in new hampshire uh you do civil disobedience in the name um of
1: liberty which is very courageous and i have done i haven't done some in quite a while cuz you know i I've, I've gotten arrested several times and mm-hmm. the more times you get arrested the more difficult the penalties become so civil disobedience isn't really a sustainable form of activism mm-hmm. for an individual if you've got a group of folks then it can be pretty interesting and powerful. Um, so I'm I'm kind of tapped out, but I still tend to you know say no when the government tells me to do stuff. So I'm still pretty non cooperative, but mm-hmm. uh, doing open civil disobedience. I haven't done that in a number of years. But yeah, I've done it, and there's a movie about it.
0: Yes, for sure, for sure. And and really, um, uh, these uh, acts of courage has really uh, stimulated. Uh, these ideas of liberty within the masses and really uh, give them an opportunity to question uh the the government now there be, there there are a lot of people who just say you know what I just want to reach the finish line I just want to make a lot of money and I don't really care about all that other stuff you know you, mm-hmm. you know you do have those you do have those people uh, now for people who those people who probably was going to live abroad you know i've lived abroad for uh, 18 months well it probably will not affect them but if you do uh stay within the united states uh you're going to be affected by it in some regard and uh more people are more people uh are affected by it than others uh so it is important uh to uh play a role and uh, uh, uh ian has um ran free keen for a while Uh, which is uh, kind of a great opportunity not only uh, to him to uh, cover the news in the state, but also specifically in the city. Uh, So, again, let's go back, Ian. You know, let's talk about your upbringing in Sarasota, Florida, because that's where you was born and raised. I like to talk about kind of the childhood because really it becomes the foundation of the person you become, we can definitely dev- I mean, definitely. Sometimes people deviate from it, but it it really has a significant influence. So let's start there. What was it like, Ian? You know, was your mother and father in your life?
1: Yeah. Um. Let's talk about that. Start there. Uh, they were. I mean, I, I consider my parents uh, to have done a good job raising me. They, you know, they stayed together. They cared about each other. Um, I wasn't abused or anything like that. I was, you know, given the freedom to kind of be who i wanted to be mm-hmm. i remember when i came out as an atheist when i was 16 i'm not an atheist anymore uh, but when i did come out as an atheist they said that look we don't agree but we support you in whatever you want to do mm-hmm. so uh so that was good and um you know i'm still in touch with them mm-hmm. uh today so not, they were very middle class kind of lifestyle yeah, would you I say? Would say so yeah, yeah. um I, they're not libertarians my dad kind of was and my mom is definitely not and she kind of dragged him back Mm. From the Libertarian Party, we had both he and I had joined the Libertarians when I was I don't know seventeen, eighteen, somewhere around that range, mm-hmm. and and then he got pulled back by her, but uh, you know they're they're business owners or she's a business owner. She runs a thrift shop in Sarasota, and so um, I started working there when mm-hmm. I was a child, um, just kind of running the cash register, that kind of thing. So getting some experience at customer service mm-hmm. and. So that helped me, you know, have a good work ethic. I would say. I think that's very important.
0: Um, You know, that's something I started out younger as well. At things about eleven or twelve years old, that's when I started bagging groceries for tips Mm -hmm. at a little uh, grocery store back in the day. It's called Murray's. I'm not sure if it's if it's still in business, but uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a great way. I was making about thirty. Uh, Five dollars a day on on the weekends, Uh, so seventy bucks uh, wasn't bad for someone who's twelve years old. Yeah, Uh, not bad at all. Yeah, I I think that's very important, uh, Ian. You know that a lot of parents kind of encourage their kids to start working at a young age, as opposed to because unfortunately, I talk to a lot of people, and and this also plays uh, regarding to reach the finish line because you kind of need these. uh, these soft skills, you kind of need these initial skills to make the progression easier. Cause otherwise, you know, for example, I talked to a lot of people who they said that the first time they've ever worked is when they graduated from college. Like that's their first oh, job. Man. Like their first job is like 21 years old, like literally graduating from college. And, and like yourself, you worked at a young age. I work, you know, you know, at a young age, and you know, we kind of already know what it's like. But for a person who's been taken care of their whole life, mm-hmm.
1: it's like it's, it's it's it could be for them, it's like a huge disconnect. I can only imagine what that would be like. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that if you're doing that when you get out of college, what are you, 23, 22 When you uh-huh. most people get out of college, I mean, for me, that's more than a decade past my first you know, yeah. employing experience or job experience. Yeah. And uh, so, do you have siblings, Ian? I do. A younger sister. Mm-hmm. Four years
0: younger. Okay. So, let's, you know, what was that like? You know, uh, you know. I, I guess she looked up to you when you was a big I brother. Don't know. not really Not uh, really? We didn't really get along real well. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like, it's kind of the same thing with my brother. I have a mm-hmm. brother. He's older. Uh, but
1: we don't get along that much uh, either. I mean, we've gotten along since then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, People change, obviously, when they become uh, adults. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I've only encountered her a couple of times mm-hmm. since I moved out of the house, mm-hmm. so we don't have any real relationship. But yeah. the, the couple times that I've seen her, we've got along fine.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I think the kind of the the relation, the kind of the state of relationship that you have with your family is kind of very similar uh, that I have with my family. Uh, you know, you really at least your family was more involved in your life than mine mine yeah. was very, very uh way uh detached. Uh but uh you know that's something uh, you know I'm trying to be a humanitarian and, and at least uh you know trying to neutralize things at the at the very least uh, before I die. The moment you graduated from high school Ian um was your parents did, did they tell you you know you're going to college whether you like it or not or was college something that
1: you already had an interest in um i don't know how i i don't think i was particularly interested in college but i was getting to go for free because i got the what they call the bright futures scholarship in florida it's a you know a government uh scholarship Mm -hmm. and so i'm like oh well, might as well go so i went to a two-year community college and that was it that's where i stopped I see. Yeah. You know, I don't
0: blame you. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> you kind of saved yourself from uh, the monstrous amounts of student loan debt. Oh, yeah. That unfortunately many people, even including myself, are a victim to. Oh, no. I didn't know that about you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went to Penn State University. <laughs> oh, man. So I got it. <laughs> what was your major? Uh, uh, nutrition. Okay. Yeah. Right. So uh, start with a free audiobook. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the audible banner to get your free audiobook. You may not have a lot of free time, but you can definitely listen to a book on a plane, on the bus, or even while you're driving. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the audible banner to get your free audiobook. Start reaching the finish line. With Your free audiobook, yeah. <laughs> there, there,
1: there,
0: there's no, there's not much more I can say than that, but uh, but yeah, it was uh,
1: definitely a learning experience. Um, and so you're still paying that off then, yeah. Damn, yeah. what's it? What is it per month? Uh,
0: oh, well, I just uh, what they call it, I took the uh, income base,
1: okay, yeah. So, so you got uh,
0: no income, or <laughs> yeah, well allegedly <laughs> <laughs> nothing on paper at yeah least. allegedly it, interesting yeah for sure so uh <laughs> and and of course you know um i think that that could be a, a learning experience uh, for a lot of people you
1: mean getting a bunch
0: of debt yeah that's a learning yeah. experience yeah for sure yeah for <laughs> sure um definitely especially nowadays you know really it's like the college degree is the new high school diploma and unfortunately, it's like even if you get one, um, I mean, there definitely are a few majors. You know, you yeah. have nursing, you have engineering, those type of things. It's
1: a new high school diploma
0: because everybody's got it is what you mean. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. But, you know, if you have those liberal arts degrees or general studies degrees, they're not going to really do you
1: much good. Or if you have an art history degree. Nope. Yeah, it's it's sad. But um, I got mine in uh, my associates in radio and television broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it was almost all the just the generic mm. classes of mm-hmm. math and yeah. you know English that you have to take. And there were a couple of classes that were sort of related to the field. And mm-hmm. uh, I actually even had to un- unlearn some of the stuff they taught me. So it, yeah. was, it was really more destructive uh, to, you know, to my knowledge about radio and television than, than anything else. Yeah. So it didn't really do me any good whatsoever. And it sleep deprived me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, almost passed out in my car. I mean, I definitely did. Like I nodded off a couple of times when I was driving to school in the morning just because I was working two jobs and I was going to college at the same time and just you know, I didn't have enough sleep. So, it was scary. You know, you almost fall asleep when you're driving. That's not a, not a good
0: thing. No. In, in, indeed it's not. Yeah. Um what would you say, you know, did, as a punk as punk growing up and going to college, uh, did you have any type of you know, like what was your most memorable experience, you know, going from childhood to college? You know, it could be, it could be a good or bad experience, but what was the most memorable? Because sometimes it could be that experience that may kind of encourage you to reach that finish
1: line. I don't know. I mean, I don't remember a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would have to be like given some sort of prod or poke to be able to think about stuff from back then I mean, mm-hmm. it's for me it's just so long ago mm-hmm. um i can't say there's any particular experience mm-hmm. that's like that was a life changer mm-hmm. you know yeah no that's fine that's no that's fine some
0: you know i definitely uh, some people do kind of have certain memorable experiences but you know others is you know nothing significant um did you always think that
1: when you was growing up that you would get into radio or is it something you stumbled upon? Uh, that's a good question. So I do remember that when I was uh, a child, you know, I had some interest in a, m- a microphone and kind of you know playing with that as a kid, and later on as a teenager, I I found out about pirate radio, and I was very interested in that. You know, the idea of just being able to say what you wanted, do what you wanted, play whatever you know you wanted. I, I mean, I've always been an anti-authoritarian, mm-hmm. um, even mm-hmm. since a, since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess if, if we wanted to go back, um, you know, I can give examples of that now that I'm thinking of it. Yeah, that. Let's, let's, let's do that. Um, so I remember one time I was in fourth grade. I had this lady, this teacher, Mrs. Polk, I think was her name. Real tall, spindly uh, black lady who uh, was a math teacher at the elementary school that, that I went to. And I don't know, I don't remember what I was doing, acting out in class in some way. And she she said, it was like very end of the day, she says, tomorrow you're going to go to the principal's office. And she was always very forgetful. So uh, she wrote herself a note to send me to the principal's office the next day. She put it on her desk. And so as everyone was leaving the classroom, I just snatched the note off her desk and she never remembered to send me to the principal. Wow. So... Uh, that was one that was one I, example. I wish
0: I wish I had the courage to do that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I used to get written up, I used to be like 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 literally so scared. You know, <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, re- well, it's, it's refreshing for you to hear because you kind of really already had that kind of instinctual mindset, um, pr- you know, even as a young age. So it's not something you really kind of, you know, as far as you being kind of, I guess, anti authoritarian or just being liberty oriented. Um, but um, I think, I think, I think
1: where we were going with that was, um, mm, what was it? Mm. Well, I know you'd asked me for like significant things in the past, but then we went somewhere else and I forget what that was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: uh, no, that's <laughs> fine. So, so, uh, yeah.
0: So what, what I did ask you were, you know, did you always think that you were going to be uh, a, a radio show host, you know, radios, oh, that's yeah. something you always thought you were right, right, going to and
1: be. And pirate radio. Yeah. And, uh, and right. so, yeah, I was, I was interested in pirate radio and, and so I ended up, you know, I was still at home with my parents, so mm-hmm. obviously I couldn't set up a pirate radio rig there. Mm-hmm. Um, and put them at risk. Mm-hmm. So I just decided, well, you know, if I want to learn about radio and broadcasting, I should just go ahead and, you know, get mm-hmm. a job at a radio station, right. get an internship there, right. and learn about it from the inside before I do pirate radio or something. Right. In the, in the and
0: day. was your college degree uh, essential in helping you get that internship? Oh, no. no. No, I
1: I started at the radio station when I was 17. I hadn't even started college. Mm. So um, I remember when I when I was interested in the internship— I had heard about a program at the school that I was going to at the time, which was the high school, uh, called Internship or Externship or something like that. And, you know, you could get a college or you could get a high school credit to go and be an intern. So, I mean, I knew it was an unpaid position, so might as well get some credit. And I went in there and I I asked about the program and I was told that... uh, you have to have like you had to have like a certain GPA or something, mm-hmm. and I was just below that. Mm-hmm. I was I was pretty much an A and B student for the most part, but most I, I got some C's and that pulled me down to like a two point nine or something. So I didn't uh, qualify for the program. But also the the woman who who was running the program told me that she had had some other kid go to. A radio station previously and that all they had him do was like clean out the station van and manual labor and that it wasn't any good for him and I was well I don't really care Mm -hmm. I want to be in radio and so you know I don't care if I've got to clean the station van out that's what I want to do and so it was funny because she tried to talk me out of it you know she tried to talk me out of what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. and I ignored her and went ahead and and went to the station and asked about uh, or called them up and asked if they had any internships and they said yes so you know, I went down there and yeah, I was driving the station van around. I mm-hmm. drove it to uh remotes, remote mm-hmm. broadcasts where mm-hmm. a DJ from one of the radio stations, there was three in the cluster that I was working for, would come out and, you know, he'd I'd set everything up, you know, set the table and the chairs and the remote broadcast equipment up mm-hmm. and parked the station van out in the out by the road, you know, so everybody could see it. So I did all that stuff. Yeah. And it's interesting now because it's actually it's
0: it's it's not it's not so much well it's, it's it is kind of harder to get into the radio industry because it's, again it's like it's it's like the college degree is a new high school diploma so it's like you know what most radio stations are expecting is for you to have a degree at least in communications or or journalism or you know you know something uh, if that matter I mean of course there are some exceptions but then even if you do get in uh, you get the internship and let's say you get a job you know, often, oftentimes those positions, they don't pay a lot of money.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the intern paid me nothing, and I worked at that for like, I don't know, nine months, I yeah. think, before I finally got offered a paid position on the radio. Yeah, yeah but even a paid position. Was very low. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a disc jockey, uh, board operator, mm-hmm. these radio entry-level positions pay very, very little. Um, even, even, even still today, mm-hmm. radio is not a particularly lucrative mm-hmm. uh, business. You have to. My, my mentor in radio, Bob Garrett, who just passed away last year, mm-hmm. uh, he, he told me, You got to work for 10 to 15 years to make any decent money mm-hmm. in radio. And it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Want the full episode? You can get it when you become our premium radio subscriber. Go to reachingthefinishline.com forward slash buy to get your subscription today. What do you get? You get things like early access to the episodes, commercial-free one-hour episodes, mass amount calls for our guests, freebies from our guests, as well as much more. Go to reachingthefinishline.com forward slash buy to get your premium subscription for it's another way for you to start. Reaching your finish line. Yeah, and and I like what you said last time when I had you on the show. You call it a labor of love. Yeah, and that's free talk live is. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it really is. You know, really, sometimes uh, there are there are types of things that you really like to do, but financially it doesn't always turn out ideally in your favor, or it could, but it may take a substantial amount of time uh, for that to happen. But so, but but I do definitely like that term, a labor of love. I've been doing a show and. uh, and it's kind of the same thing it's you know of course i do make money from it uh i don't I, I you know i'm not in this you know i don't make uh it's it's not it's not like in your situation where you literally live off where you can derive a full-time salary just from this from a show that you have that you have on um you know free talk live um you know um uh, basically on over 160 stations, you know, I uh, do make some money uh, from my show, but, you know, I have to do other things, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, to basically, uh, you know, to uh, kind of uh, bridge the gap. So uh, definitely, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, it's it's very interesting, really, ever since the pod- podcasts have really entered the market, because now um, there is more programming more than ever now. You know, you know whether a person yep. whether a person wants sports whether a person wants politics whether a person uh, you know wants just news uh, you know nowadays um, that sector of podcasting is definitely growing and competing uh, with radio what do you think about how you know you know what do you think about as far as terrestrial radio and podcasting and do you think eventually um, the podcasting market is going to take a bigger share
1: it's definitely getting bigger I mean, right now, I, I subscribe to a newsletter, kind of a radio industry newsletter by a guy named Holland Cook. And, you know, he keeps track of all the trends. He looks at the studies of, you know, what are people listening to? What are millennials listening to? What are, you know, if baby boomers? You know, what, how does it divide up are mm-hmm. people listening to CDs, their MP3s, radio, uh, podcasts? And yeah, more people are listening to podcasts now than before. I don't remember the statistics Mm -hmm. offhand, but. Yeah. uh, Definitely increasing. You know, there's more people obviously listen, like, let's say, uh, once a week than do every day, but there's Mm -hmm. still a good solid amount that listen every day uh, to to podcasts. So, I mean, will that ever become the dominant form of listening? I don't know. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, will something else come out that, you know, will compete with podcasts? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know exactly what that would be. Or, you know, I mean, audio is delivered in a lot of different ways today. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got satellite, you got podcasts, live streaming, you got mm-hmm. radio. Um, for me, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be on as many different versions as possible. I want to be, you know, on the radio. I want to be on a podcast. Mm-hmm. That way, whoever's listening in whatever way can you know, hopefully hear free talk live. And it's ever more important
0: because nowadays, you know, terrestrial stations have a, have to have a podcast archive of their show um, because I think, I, I think, I, I think I was seeing something in, what was it called ad week, which they track they, they, they is, is a publication. They track advertising mm-hmm. uh, and it was talking about kind of a gradual uh, decline of terrestrial media. So it really is very important that, you know, that terrestrial shows also have a podcast component. So that way, uh, you know, if people can't tune in live, they can still access other yeah. uh, feed. Smart
1: stations are doing that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think in a way that's become the norm now. Mm, it depends. Yeah. I mean, some stations kind of mail it in and uh, just put their shows on and mm-hmm. don't don't even think they don't even have a website. I mean, there's still some stations that don't have websites. Wow. But I would imagine those are probably not the... They're uh, not the leading station in their market. Exactly.
0: And, and that's probably one of the reasons why. For sure. Yeah. Let's talk about... We, we did talk about a little bit of this before in uh, a previous episode. I think it was episode 67. Um, but let's talk about- Which one
1: is this? This episode? is episode
0: 108. Wow, cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Two yeah. years. Oh, yeah, definitely. I uh, started this in March 2015, and yeah, a little over two years. definitely came a long way. Excellent. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so last time I had you on that episode, you know, we did talk about- a bit of that. And, you know, y- 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 y'all can check out episode 67 uh, if you want to hear more uh, about that specifically. We're going to talk about a little bit of that today, but we're going to also take us in a different direction. After your internship,
1: um, what was next? I got hired. You know, mm-hmm. I was uh, offered a job as a part-time disc jockey. Mm-hmm. so for weekends, mm-hmm. overnights, mm-hmm. you know the the graveyard shift, the yeah. midnight to six am. Mm-hmm. And of course, they said yes. Mm-hmm. and so i I took that gig and at also, that time, was you literally
0: like, I mean, did you did you have a playlist that you go, or was you yeah, literally yeah. spinning? No, no, uh, no. <laughs> no. Radio is
1: all you know, pre-scripted. There's a playlist. There's stuff you're supposed to read. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the only thing I I could pick was the carts that we played in between songs. So, you know, where there's the choo 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 radio station, whatever. Uh, that you know, where they identify themselves. Mm-hmm. I I could choose those, but mm-hmm. that's nothing. Now, how long did you do that? Um. I guess for about four years, four years before yeah. Free Talk Live, four or five years before Free Talk Live, I was doing, you know, not just uh, not just overnights, but eventually moved to different slots mm-hmm. and uh, was kind of like Mister Fill in for the radio station. Mm-hmm. So whenever right. somebody, uh, one of the full time jocks would have uh you know like a vacation or something Mm -hmm. i would be the one most frequently who would get called in to to fill in for them but so i mean i've I've filled in every every position on on the station including mornings you know i did that with my mentor for for a couple weeks Mm -hmm. Uh, so we did morning drive which is you know a brutal brutal shift to do because you got to get get up at like four in the morning
0: yeah 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 did that sustain you, or did you have another job, or where you live
1: with your parents? I was working at Kmart for uh, hmm. for a long time until yeah. about the year 2000. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Um. I had one of those jobs. I worked at Walmart. Yeah. Oh, I sucked. I was. <laughs> but you got to do what you got to do. Me. Yeah. It didn't bother me. I mean, it's yeah. just you
0: know. I think we are younger. It's okay. You know. I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I just think you know. I think when you become. I think I think if you have that job when you're like 45 years old. It does kind of, I mean, I don't know, maybe it doesn't suck, you know, but I I guess it depends on how happy or how comfortable you are with your life. Because, you know, everyone has, because I'm talking about reaching the finish line. Everyone has a different finish line. Sure. You know, you know, you know, you know, for you, I feel like you have reached the finish line. You you know, you're very happy. You're doing what you love. You know, you're, you're, you, you derive a full time income from it. And and many people see you and they are inspired. They say, man, you know, I will definitely like to do what Ian is doing. I mean, you're an inspiration to me. You know, you're you're in over a, you're on over 160 stations. I'm not on that many stations. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely. But you know, for someone, for someone who's, you know, who's lit who lived for so long and maybe accomplished but so little, you know, maybe Walmart may be a punch to the stomach. Maybe mm-hmm. they might not be happy with that. I now, see. now some people, some people may be happy with that. You know, I mean, it, it depends. You know, everyone, everyone differs. Um, but um, so, yeah, you know, when I was younger, you know, I didn't like it. I didn't really like it, but I didn't hate it either. But how, old, I, how old were you? Uh, I was, I was 20 years old working okay. at Walmart. I okay. was, uh, I was That's uh, about when I left. K-Mart. Yeah.
1: So I was six, 16 to 20
0: Yeah, working at Kmart.
1: And that, at that point, you know, were, were you on your own? Were you with your parents? I was with my parents until yeah. about, that time oh, okay yeah, i moved out probably at around yeah. late 19 early 20. yeah yeah is, 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 is when well, i was done with college
0: sorry i see yeah. yeah no worries so i guess at some point uh at some point you was able to drop the kmart job and and i guess you got more hours at the station yeah yeah, yeah. and
1: uh and and that's in that respect you was a little bit happier probably right you, or, or were you not? I was never unhappy. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was always, I don't know when I came across sort of the idea of being positive, but mm-hmm. uh, at some point I did. And uh, and uh, I always liked the idea of you know, positive thinking. Mm-hmm. And it, it's all about your mindset going into something. I mean, if you're yeah. going into uh, a situation, even going to jail, as I have done for 58 days uh, mm-hmm. for civil disobedience, I went in with a positive intention of, I'm going to have as as positive an experience in here as I possibly mm-hmm. can. Um, and the same thing is true at, at Kmart and, uh, and, you know, yeah. in, in life in general. And, and I think that that's, that's helped a lot. Ian, uh, if people want to get in contact with you, if people want to follow you, uh, how would they do that? Uh, so freetalklive.com, that's where you can go and uh, download archives of the show. There's even a daily digest version that one of our listeners, a blind guy in Utah, he actually edits every show down to about a half hour. So we have got we do a three-hour-a-night show. And wow. On the podcast, once you take out the commercial breaks and the, the news breaks, it comes down to a two-hour show. But that's still you know a long time. If you've got a 15-minute drive to work, you're probably not going to be able to listen to a two-hour show. But if you download the digest, then you can hear uh, a shorter version, which is cool. So we've got those uh, live streaming. We've got that. we got the 160 stations. So those are different ways to listen to Free Talk Live. Ian, thanks for being our guest. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Dix. If you haven't already, purchase the book, Reaching the Finish Line, at reachingthefinishline.com. Now, it's time for you to start reaching your finish line. So, where are you waiting for? Start now.